Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with 677 episodes made, airing on the Mutual Broadcast Network from 1937 to 1954, we bring to you The Shadow. character who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. As the shadow, Cranston is gifted with hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's story, The Ghost Walks Again. Night, peaceful, serene night, has just fallen on a small New England town. As the village clock strikes the hour of nine, we hear the footsteps of two men of the town on their way to a village meeting. They're taking a shortcut through an ancient graveyard. Sam, hi. Sam, look up there by the big oak. Isn't that a fresh dog grave? Well, now, it sure looks like one. Mighty odd. That section's closed off. Ain't been a burial there in over 200 years. We'd better take a look up there. Hold that lantern high, Sam. That's it. Say, that duck up brown looks to be right by the grave of Sir Roger Mathis. Sam, it is the grave of Sir Roger Mathis. Now, who could have done that? I don't know. But it's a pretty snide trick. Desecrating a grave that's over 200 years old. The grave of the first governor of our colony. Whoever the meddler was should... No meddler desecrated this grave. What was that? Sam. Look. Walking towards us. Look at that man. His clothes are covered with dust. They're strange-looking clothes. Knee breeches, powdered wig, shirt and hat. His face. Look at his face, Sam. It's like a death mask. It, it looks like the picture of Sir Roger. I am Sir Roger. I have returned from the dead. No. No, this is a joke. I do not jest. I have returned to save thee and thy village from its sinful ways. It can't be. It can't be. Silence! If either of thee utter a single word, I shall run thee through with his sword. What do we do, Sam? What do we do? Thou shalt do as I command. Thou shalt learn from the will of Sir Roger Mathis' law. And to break that law means death. Dost thou hear? 
death. Well, there's Stephens left here with the after-play. Fellow selectmen, the issue that brings us here tonight has to do with this old meeting place. Now, as all of you know, this building was erected in 1712 by the first governor of this colony, Sir Roger Mathis. And as you also know, nothing has been disturbed within these walls since that day. The furniture, the paintings, even the ancient punishment stocks and torture presses, all are still here in their original places. Here, 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 here. Now, the issue that's been proposed by some members is that this hall, which has always been a private gathering place for the descendants of the first settlers of the village, be opened to the public as a museum <coughs> and an admission price be charged. That proposition is an outrage. Please, Mr. Corsman, it's an outrage, I say. Thou art violating the laws that were passed down to us by our founder, Sir Roger Mathers. And as Crossman, you'll get a chance to talk later on. I should talk now. Someone go into the museum and fetch the original ruling, written in Sir Roger's own hand. You go in there, Harvey. Yes, sir. I shall read to thee his document. In it, he states that only the families of the village... No. What is it, Harvey? In the press. The ancient torture press, there are two bodies. What? Why, well, they can't. It's Simon West Merrill. They've been crushed in this. Good heavens. Why, Why they can't be. Look. Merciful thing. Look. Look, they're clutching something in their hands. Both of them. Uh, see what it is, Harvey. Yes, sir. Who could have done such a thing? Why, I saw them only an hour ago. Here you are, Mr. Stebbins. Looks like two pieces of old parchment. Yes. Yes, that's what it is. What's that writing on them? What does it say? Glory. This, this can't be. Well, what is it? These are two ancient death warrants. Signed by Sir Roger Mathis. Why don't them state troopers come, Mr. Stebbins? They'll be here soon, Harvey. Oh, I don't like being alone in this old place. Someone has to stay here in the hall with the bodies until the police arrive. You know, it's scary in here. Well, what is there to be afraid of? What is there to be afraid of? Tell me, who killed Sam and Wes? Why were they killed? Well, Harvey, I... I don't know. I know why. They were for opening this place against the original wishes of Sir Roger. Well, he had something to do with their death. I just got a feeling. Now, you stop talking nonsense. He was a stern old Puritan, Sir Roger was. I've read all about him. And then they disobeyed his wishes. Did you hear that? Yes. It was just the door. Footsteps. Footsteps coming into the hall. Now, see here, Harvey. If you're going to act Seven. like a fool... Look. Good heavens. The ancient clothes. The Puritan hat. And that face, like a face from the grave. It's Sir Roger. Yes, it does look like him. He's coming towards us. I can't stand this. I'm getting out of here. Now, come back here, Harvey. No. Come back here. Oh, no, I'm going. Harvey, Harvey. Harvey, you shouldn't have done a fool thing like that. I... You have been left alone, John Seven. You can't frighten me. Who are you? I am the ghost of Sir Roger Mather. Now, you keep away Hello, from me. That broken the laws that I've handed down to thee. Thou hast suggested opening this meeting hall to the public, and for that thou must 
pay for thy sin. No, no, pay. keep away. Pay, dost thou hear? No, no. <laughs> Harvey. I gotta see it once. Well, what is it? What's wrong? Sir Roger, the ghost of Sir Roger. We just saw him in the meeting hall. Now, now, take it easy, Harvey. Uh, where is Mr. Seven? He's still in the meeting hall. He's alone with that ghost. Come with me at once. Right in here, sir. Hold that lantern steady, Harvey. I can't see a thing. Oh, where is Mr. What's happened to him? Now, now, I'm sure he's all right. Now, we'll just have a look around here. Harvey. Harvey. Look. Look there by the speaker's pulpit. It's Mr. Stebbins. His head and his arms locked in the ancient punishment stock. Yeah. Stebbins. Mr. Stebbins. Look, his neck. Mr. Stebbins is dead, Harvey. He's been strangled. Oh. Look. Look there in his hand. He's clutching a piece of parchment. It's the same. The same as the other. Yes. Yes. Another death warrant. Signed by Sir Roger Mathis. That was the night that the whole thing started, Mr. Cranston. Did the state police uncover anything? No. They're as baffled as we are. That's why I took the liberty of sending word to you like I did. Well, has the ghost of Sir Roger been seen since? Oh, yes, Miss Lane. Many times. And there have been others that died by his hand. How many of us? Two more. One was found hanging from the tree that was used for just that purpose in the olden days. And the other? He was tied to the ancient ducking stool. Uh, we found him in the river, drowned. And were both of these victims clutching a death warrant when they were discovered? Yep, same way. Have there been any clues at all, any one thing that would link these crimes together? Well, uh, of all the men who died, they were in favor of opening the old meeting place to the public. Oh, I see. But that only strengthens people's belief in the ghost of Sir Roger. They say that this is his vengeance for their proposing such a move. Well, uh, aside from Sir Roger, what living person in this village was opposed to the opening of the meeting place? Mm, eh, quite a few would vote that way. Now, the leader of the faction is old Silas Crosman. Was he present that first night when the bodies were found? Yes, yes, he was. He... Oh, oh, but you can't suspect him, Mr. Cranston. Old Silas is our leading citizen. His family was one of the founders of the village. And... I see. You've never even questioned him, then? Oh, no, 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 I haven't. Well, uh, tell me, Sheriff, this ghost of Sir Roger, just where has he been seen? When have these appearances been made? Well, he's always been seen in, in, in the old meeting hall, usually at the hour of midnight. Can it be arranged for us to get into the hall at that hour, Sheriff? Why, certainly. Without anyone in the village knowing that we're there? Yep. Very well. We shall seek out the ghost of Sir Roger Mathis tonight. Tonight. <laughs> 
I don't think the ghost is going to appear. The evening isn't over yet, Margot. <laughs> not frightened, are you? No. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, well, not very. Listen. Just above us, Lamont? Yes. He seems to be right above us now. Give me that flashlight, Margot. Here you are. Is that you, Sir Roger? Who called to me? Speak up. Who summoned Sir Roger Mathis? It is Sir Roger. I warn thee, silence will bring destruction upon me. Who called out my name? I did, Sir Roger. Where art thou? Right down here, below you. Come on. That face, look at that face. It's you do not face. find my face pretty to look upon. Why art thou here? We have heard a lot about you, Sir Roger. The fear that you've uh, created in this village. We don't share that fear. That's why we're here. Ah, fool. The fate of the others will be thy fate as well. We're chancing that. So come ahead. Bring your destruction, Samathis. I'm most curious to learn what your powers are. I select the time for my revenge. Oh, I see. Then you're not going to harm us tonight, is that it? Very well. If you won't come to us, then we shall come to you. Hey, well, Lord, I warn thee. Come on, Margot. We're going up to meet Taranja right now. Hurry, Margot. Up these stairs. Right, Lord. Well, Taranja... Gone. But where did he go? I have chosen not to meet thee at this moment. Where's that voice coming Listen from? Listen to me, both of you. He must have gone through a secret panel. Oh, that stairs defy the walls of Roger Mathis. And by my sword, thou shalt die for it. Good afternoon. Oh. oh. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to frighten you. 
Oh, that's quite all right. I, I just didn't hear you. Yes, I'm Edward Crofton. Oh, how do you do? I, I'm Margot Lane. Oh, Miss Lane. Oh, Lamont, will you come here? Yes, coming. Lamont, this is Mr. Crosman, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yes. Mr. Crosman, Mr. Cranston. How do you do, do Mr. Cranston? The sheriff tells me that you're trying to track down our elusive ghost. Well, we're making an attempt. I'll be greatly relieved if you find him, sir. Why is that? Well, I, I've been more or less the leader of the group who wished to open the meeting hall to the public. Most of those who are on my side have met death at the hands of the ghost. Oh, oh and you, uh, you feel that you might be next? Yes, sir, I do. Have there been any attempts on your life? No, no, not yet. <laughs> Knock on wood. Although my dear uncle probably wishes there had been. Your uncle? Silas Crossman. He heads the opposition group. Oh. Plenty sore at me, I guess, for disgracing the family name by fostering this move to open the meeting hall. I see. Have you discovered anything that might be a clue to all these killings? No. We were just looking around in here. Having heard of the ghost and knowing that all good ghosts use secret passageways and such, we hope we might stumble on them. Oh. Say, that's an idea. Perhaps I can help you. Well, how do you mean? Well, I'm to be in charge of the restoration work in this hall if it's ever opened and I have a sheaf of the original plans of the building at home. Oh, really? Could we see them? Well, surely. I'll dig them out for you this evening, if you wish. Well, we'd appreciate that. Uh, where shall we meet you? Oh, back here at the meeting hall. All right, that's a date. Fine. Well, I, I've got to be getting along. Oh, by the way, I trust that no word of this will get to my Uncle Silas. He might... We won't mention it to anyone. Oh, thank you. Goodbye. 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 Margot, I think it's time that we investigated Mr. Silas Crossman. I'm going to pay a call on him right now as the shadow. <laughs> what was that? Sorry to interrupt your letter writing, Mr. Crossman. Who are you? Where does that voice come from? I am right beside you, Silas Crossman. Don't trouble yourself to look for me. No human eyes have ever seen me. What is thy name? into my house. I'm here in search of a ghost, Mr. Crossman. The ghost of Sir Roger Mathis. Well, why do you seek him here? Because I believe that you know all about him. I know no more than any of the others. Why are you opposed to the opening of the old meeting hall? Because that hall belongs only to those of the village. For hundreds of years, it has always been that way. They shall not desecrate an ancient tradition. Do you realize that those are the same words that were used by the ghost of Roger Mathis? I'm aware of that. People aren't going to continue to believe that a ghost is responsible for the killings in this village. Soon they'll know that a human hand has caused these deaths. And when they do, Silas Crossman, their suspicion will fall on you. Why? Why me? Because of your behavior. The way you live in this house, surrounded by the relics of the past. You still write with an ancient quill. Your speech Use the antiquated thee and thou, just as the ghost of Sir Roger does. That proves nothing. You're wrong, Mr. Crossman. That evidence alone would be enough to convict you in a court of law. Now tell me, what do you know about these killings? Nothing. I know nothing about them. Very well. I've given you your chance. And let me warn you, Mr. Crossman, there is no escaping justice. 
Believe me, you will pay for your crime. Lamont, do you think Mr. Crosman will keep his word? I believe so, Margot. I shouldn't like to spend many more nights in this eerie old hall. Well, if everything works out as I expected. Lamont, you hear those footsteps? Yes. Can it be Sir Roger again? We'll soon find out. Hello there. Sorry, I'm late. Oh, it's you, Mr. Crosby. You gave us quite a scare. Oh, I'm sorry. That seems to be a habit with me, doesn't it? <laughs> Did you bring the plans? Yes, there are two copies of them here. You may take one of them. Well, thank you. I think we'd better go right to work. We can each start at one end of the wall, Miss Post. Oh, very well. What about me? Oh, if you don't mind staying with me, Miss Lane, I'd appreciate it. You see, my eyesight is rather poor, and in this dim light, I oh, can Oh, hard... all right. I'll go with you, Mr. Crosby. Thank you. Here are the plans, Here's my flashlight, Miss Lane. Thanks. Call out to me if you find anything. Yes, we will. We can start right here, Miss Lane. Now, do the plans indicate anything for this section? Well, there does seem to be one thing here that might mean something. It would be about this point on the wall. Where? This panel here. Look, Mr. Crosby. It moves. So it does. Wait, I'll see if I can get hold of it. Hey, the panel's open. We must call Lamont. Lamont! Stop! Shut up. You're so anxious to meet Sir Roger. Suppose I take you to see him right now. Go with me. Lamont! Lamont, help me! In you go! Where are we? Where have you taken? We're in a secret compartment of the cellar beneath the meeting hall. This place is known only to me. You let me out of here. Uh, you can cry out to your heart's content if you wish. No one will hear you. These walls were made especially thick to muffle sound. <laughs> they had a purpose in building them that way even in the olden days. What do you mean? This room, which I discovered through the plans, was an ancient torture chamber. Oh. Torture chamber, yes. Look about you. See the press? The spike-studded pit? Oh, no. <laughs> Excellent place for entertaining, don't you think? And you. And it was you who's been impersonating Sir Roger. That's correct. But why did you bring me here? You shall learn presently. You see this fire that I've started in that forge? Yes. I've placed a branding iron in there, and soon that iron will be white hot. No. Oh, why are you doing this? In the days of the Puritans, they had a very satisfactory method for dealing with meddlers. They branded them upon the oh, forehead. No. no. Soon, young lady, soon you shall feel the searing agony of that brand riding no. into your flesh. Oh, no, you're mad. You're mad. <laughs> you won't feel the pain too long. Oh, no, no. You see, after you're branded, I have another treat for you. Torture press. Let me out of here. Say <laughs> no. yourself, the branding iron is glowing now. It's ready to use. You can't do this, please. Say yes. no. yourself, Miss Lane. I have the iron ready now. No, keep it away from me. Keep it away. Drop that iron, Mr. Crossman. Who is that? Release that girl. No. No, let go of my arm. Let me finish my work. There. Your work is finished, Mr. Crossman. Who are you? <laughs> I am the shadow. I've heard of you. Then you know, too, that I'm here to put an end to your career of torture and murder, Mr. Crossman. Oh? And how do you propose to do that, Mr. Shadow? By turning you over to the police. Ah, oh, the police will never get me. We shall see. Why did you do it? Why did you kill those men? Because of my uncle, Silas Crossman. I hate him! Him and all that he stands for. But now, I've had my revenge. He will be blamed, you see. He will be held for the murder. What makes you think that? Because none of us are leaving this building alive. You're wrong, Edward Crossman. <laughs> you see, 
You see? Look out, he's tipping over the board. Don't do that, Gordon. <laughs> it's done now, Shadow. Look, the flames are already licking up the wall. This old hall is a tinderbox. It'll burn to a tinder in no time. <laughs> There's a statue all over the room. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do now, Shadow? We're getting out of here. Go to that door at the end of the room, Margot. If we can get upstairs, we have a chance to escape. I'll keep them away from you. So hurry, Margot, hurry. Hold on to my arm, Margot. Holy smoke, Lamont. I can't see. We've got to keep going. <laughs> We're upstairs now. We should be nearing the door. Oh, Lamont, this smoke, this smoke, I... Margot. Margot. Here, I'll carry you. We haven't far to go. We can make it. <coughs> Only get to the door. To the, to the door. Wait. Wait, this is it. I found the door, Margot. We've made it. How do you feel, Margot? Better, thank you. Oh, good. Take a look at that building. It's a mass of flames. Yes, we got out just in time. Any sign of Cosman? No, there's no hope for him now, I guess. He must be burned. Look to the belfry of the meeting house. There's someone standing up there. Oh, Lamont, it's young Cosman. Yes, look at him. He's waving his arm. He's shouting something to the crowd. Lamont, he's going to jump. Turn your head, Margot. I just left the police, Margot. They searched young Crossman's house. Did they learn anything? Yes, among other things, they found the costume he wore for his ghostly impersonation. Why did he ever do it, Lamont? Well, they found his diary among his effects. That told the real story, Margot. What was it? Well, the young man was most anxious to inherit his uncle's fortune. So he devised the first murder to throw suspicion on the old man, hoping that he would be blamed for it and possibly executed for the crime. Oh, I see. I'm certain he didn't have a very balanced mind to begin with. And after the first killing, he just went berserk with a lust for murder that proved his downfall. Well, this whole affair settled one thing, Lamont. <laughs> What's that? The town will no longer be divided over the meeting hall because there just isn't any more hall. <laughs> concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.